Hello and welcome. You're listening to Faith to Live By, where each week I seek to help us all discover and live in life-giving truth. As a charismatic apologist, I want us to experience balance between rational thought and spiritual realities, because I believe then we are truly able to worship God in spirit and in truth. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and boy, oh boy, is truth a matter people are clamoring to know on a global scale today. And yet, as I talk to my friends and family, many are still radically deceived and living in fear. Is it the same for you and your friends and family? I'll admit, my heart is quite heavy today. My husband's birthday is in a couple of weeks, and we were planning on getting some friends together to go out on a duffy boat in the Newport Harbor. It's something we really enjoy doing. We take things to drink and eat, and we just have a real nice time on this little electric boat. But as I invited friends to join us, one of the criteria was, does everybody have the vaccine? My friends, two of, two of our friends, were concerned about joining us on a duffy boat out on the harbor in the open air because there was a potential of COVID and they are deceived into thinking that the vaccine is the solution. Well, I have to respect everybody's point of view, but my job as a minister of the gospel of truth, is to work very hard and prayerfully research to find and do my very best to bring people the truth and the hope it provides. And in today's cancel culture, with big media pulling down any and all videos or posts that are contrary to the narrative of fear and dread and control they want to promote, finding truth is more difficult than ever, and convincing people what is true is more difficult than ever. But I promise you, I won't stop trying. You know, years ago, I wrote my first book in the Faith to Live By series called Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies. Truth was hard to find back then, but little did I know how hard truth would be to discover today. I'm grateful that more and more people are waking to truth, but we're waking to truth because we're coming to the realization that we've been lied to. We're also faced with the fact that we've all been ill-equipped to respond to the times in which we're living. We're not prepared for what we're actually dealing with. So as I sought the Lord about this, I was reminded of a trend of events over recent decades that have left us in poor condition. Now I want you to think about it with me, please. In recent decades, there has been a push to silence Christians on every front, limiting them to speak truth only inside their own environment. There's been a push to prevent pastors from preaching or teaching about politics or government. There's been a push to separate church from state with the eventual commonly held belief that the church has no business in government or politics. There's been a push to take prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance out of the public schools. There's been a push to revise American history as taught to public school students. There's been a push to silence any religious discussions on campuses or in business environments under the guise of political correctness. There's also been a push for social acceptance of all sorts of beliefs, ideals, and practices that are contrary to the Word of God under the guise of tolerance. There's been a push to make popular the notion that truth is relative and not at all absolute. There's been a push to increase abortion, a push to increase belief that humans and the world evolved, a push to conclude we are racist at heart. A push to make the notion accepted that the police are the problem. A push to make gender a choice rather than a biological reality. 
a push to cause us to trust and obey government doing what they say, especially during this pandemic. And there's been a push to have people accept any man-made experimental vaccine for a man-made disease. Yeah, my heart's pretty heavy today. I'm sure I left some things out of that list, but let me ask you, what do you see in common with all these items that I listed? Maybe it's better stated, what do you see as the spirit behind these realities? At the top of the list, the way I've intentionally ordered it, is a push to silence Christians on every front, limiting them to speak truth inside only their environments, and a push to prevent pastors from preaching or teaching about politics or government. And I believe it has been the acceptance of these top two that has allowed everything else on the list to take place, to take root and grow. What do you think? What is your perspective on it all? Did you know that from the founding of our nation up to and through the end of the 20th century, elected governmental leaders spoke a great deal about the Bible, and pastors spoke a great deal about politics and government from the pulpits? Now, I remembered this from my days in high school and college, but I did go to Wall Builders to find out more so I could bring you very specific information that you can also look up and either relearn for yourself or learn for the first time and make sure you teach it to your children and grandchildren. So up until the 20th century, pastors had the leading role in society to help their congregations and the citizens of the nations understand the issues of politics and government. We had a two-party system that allowed for civil discourse, debate, and respect for points of view other than our own. That's far from what we have today. David Barton, founder of Wall Builders, wrote the following concerning the earlier times, quote, Christians knew that we held a dual citizenship. We were indeed citizens of heaven, but we were also citizens of earth. We recognized that God had placed us in a country and given us a stewardship over a government that belonged to we the people. Consequently, pastors' sermons covered not only the proper role and functions of civil government, but also how government should approach certain issues and what God expected of citizens in the selection of our civil leaders, end quote. Let me ask you, when was the last time you heard your pastor speak boldly from the pulpit about politics or government? Now, I'm not talking about endorsing one candidate over another. I'm talking about the general realities of government and government controls and our freedoms. Of all the people you know, isn't your church leadership a major trusted source from which you'd willingly receive education on matters of politics and religion? I know I would. Well, David Barton also posted an article by George Barna, founder of the Barna Research Group, where the survey reveals Christians strongly want their pastors to provide much more education about politics and government. Why do you suppose pastors in general have accepted the notion that they should not address politics or governmental issues? Why do you suppose Christians in general have accepted the notion that they are to stay silent and not at all engaged in government? Many would cite the Johnson Amendment of 1954, which has since been interpreted as silencing pastors on issues of topics of civil interest. Yet Christians of previous generations would never have submitted to a policy that so egregiously violates not only our constitutional rights, but our ability to preach according to what the Bible actually teaches. We could also cite FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, as an imposing force 
that has authority to quote-unquote work with faith-based organizations for the benefit of the country under a national emergency such as declared today under COVID-19. Then there's the ill-conceived threat of the church losing its 501c3 tax-exempt status if the pastor even slightly discusses politics. Well, this is another widely believed lie. B. and Vandenberg attorneys explain, quote, Some fear that churches will have to waive their First Amendment freedom of speech rights in order to qualify as a 501c3. This is unfounded. First, any organization that is properly classified as a church is automatically deemed tax-exempt under Section 501c3 of the Internal Revenue Code, whether the church has applied for IRS recognition of its 501c3 status or not. Churches may apply for IRS recognition of their exempt status and receive what is called a determination letter, but they are not required to do so, end quote. And I'll have a link for you in the show notes so you can help your pastors, help your church leadership to speak freely from the pulpit to help us all discover the truth we so desperately need and to take our place in society to make a kingdom difference. We need to be involved in politics government, and all of the other seven mountains of society. Since in America we have a government that is to be run for the people and by the people, the people need to be informed. So let me ask you again, what spirit do you think has been at work influencing men and women, including many of the Christian faith, to be silenced and fearful of addressing specific topics? People all around the world today have come to the realization that we have been bold-faced lied to and we desperately want to find truth. But since we've been conditioned to remain uninvolved in specific areas, we don't even know where to begin. How do we re-enter the world on these topics to present and uphold truth? Well, praise God, because despite our woeful lack of involvement in society and culture, in God's mercy, our uninvolvement Our lack of leadership is about to change and in a very powerful way. Praise God. Hallelujah and amen. I read a refreshing article by Wayne Grudman encouraging pastors to preach on culturally hot topics so Christians can be the salt and the light of this earth we're called to be. I'll have a link to the article in the show notes, but I encourage you, especially if you are a pastor, make sure you download the show notes. And if you can, Get this whole podcast with the show notes to your pastor so that we can all be unified. We can become more emboldened in our faith and speak the truth, stand up for the truth without the fear of government and everything else we've been subjected to. We know we've been lied to. And with everything we've considered so far today, we can easily see that the father of all lies has been influencing men and women in positions of government and leadership influence to shut down and get rid of the Christian threat. And make no mistake, Christianity is a threat to the devil. The devil is running in fear. This is the time we should be on the defense and not on the offense. Many people in governmental leadership today, under the influence of the father of all lies, seeks to destroy America as we know it. They don't want us to enjoy our constitutional freedoms. Instead, they want all power, all control, and all authority unto themselves. And this is not limited to America. Around the world, efforts have been underway for centuries with a full-court press in recent decades to produce a one-world government consistent with the Georgia Guidestones. 
I'll be discussing the Georgia Guidestones and the One World Order effort next week. And all of this is because we're in a series where we're seeking truth. We need to know truth, and I want to help us all to find it. All of us around the world are seeking to know to what extent we've been lied to, and now we are rising up demanding truth and justice. And we're demanding it because God has inspired us to do so. It is God's intention. He's the one who's been exposing all the corruption. And he's exposing the corruption so that when he administers his justice, we will see it is right. We will be in complete agreement with him. His glory will be made known. And the whole world will celebrate his goodness. I believe we are living in the most exciting and spiritually explosive times the world has seen for maybe hundreds and hundreds of years. God has already been intervening in our behalf and is very soon to intervene in ways that will demonstrate his undeniable existence, power, and authority. The fear of God that has been woefully lacking on earth is about to be reestablished in dunamis power. Dunamis is an ancient Greek word from which we get our English word dynamite. Yes, we are all seeking truth. We are all desperate to know what is true and what we can depend on. We need to know the truth about our governments, our elections, about COVID-19, about the efficacy of masks and social distancing. We need to know the truth about the safety of the vaccines and so much more. We need to know the truth so we can freely live our lives according to our God-given freedoms. And the whole world is responding to the need to know truth, especially as it will turn out in America, because as it goes here in America, will impact the entire world. What we are seeing is the universal desire of all humanity to know and live according to truth. No one willingly bases their life on lies and deception, but we can, and I assert we have been doing just that, even as Christians. Yet despite our deceived state, God is intervening in our midst for his namesake. I, like so many others, have given up on mainstream media. And considering justice, I'm not ashamed to say that when I heard prophecy declaring media was in its worst crisis ever today, and that one major company is soon to fail entirely, I was actually glad. I don't wish ill on anyone, but neither do I endorse anyone or any entity promoting false narratives for self-serving purposes, especially to the detriment of the majority of the people. The lies we've realized from mainstream media and more are part of what has escalated our drive to discover truth, right? The more you learn about how much we've been lied to, doesn't that encourage you to be determined to find out what is really true? I have found some alternative news sources, and I will have the listings in the show notes if you're interested. Listen to this. I recently learned about demonstrations with great numbers of people all throughout the streets protesting against government lockdowns in central London, Amsterdam, the Netherlands, Switzerland, Australia, Austria, Canada, Germany, Denmark, Japan, Belgium, Brussels, and Serbia. Of course, there's got to be more areas around the world in protest, but seeing the people rise up and demanding truth and freedom in just these countries alone is evidence of God waking us up worldwide. Make no mistake, what we are seeing is God at work in our midst. This rise of awareness is great cause for celebration, and the demonstrations will help wake more people up and give us all the courage in the Lord. 
Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3-6 to six states, For though we, meaning all Christians, walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. This mandate for Christians is one that is supposed to be practiced at all times. And if we had properly administrated the principles of this scripture in recent decades, God would not have to wake us up from our slumbering stupor. We would have been continually advancing God's will and pushing back the will of the enemy, and we would not be in the exceedingly serious condition the world is in today. But praise God for his mercy and grace. Praise God for his long-suffering. Praise God for his faithfulness to us, even when we fail to remain faithful to him. But before we rejoice at God's rescue operation, let's properly realize our part in allowing the conditions of the world to be as they are today. Had Christians taken their rightful place, prayer would not have been removed from school. Abortion would not be legal. Sexual deviations would not be allowed, let alone promoted and celebrated, and funded by tax dollars. Human trafficking, drug trafficking, and illegal immigration, and so much more, would not be what it is today if we as Christians had really held our ground and obeyed Christ. Here again, I'm reminded of Second Chronicles 7.14, where we need to humble ourselves, we need to repent, we need to confess our part in the conditions of the world, and seek God, pray to Him, and He will hear our prayers and heal our land. I pray this present wake-up call by God upon all of us in the church will cause us to realize we must be engaged in the culture. We must be engaged in every mountain of society. It's actually been our willingness to be disengaged and to let other people govern us that's gotten us in the state that we're in. I pray we do not come out of this without learning our lesson and taking our rightful place in the culture. We need more Christians engaged in the mountains of education or academia, media, arts and entertainment, business, family, the church, and government. And I'm asking you in all earnest to seek the Lord, to learn where you are to position yourself and be the influence for Christ, as we each one should have been all along. The reason God is intervening in our midst is for His namesake, because we fail to uphold His name around the world. Since we're seeking truth, let's start with the truth about ourselves. Yes, God is enacting a rescue mission, so let's understand all of what needs to be done in this operation, so our joy and our rescue won't be short-lived. Unless we truly understand our role in the condition of the world and the tremendous hardships we've suffered and brought upon ourselves in many ways this past year, we are likely to fall back on our complacent ways and history will repeat itself again. Think of the history of the Old Testament and how God's people rebelled and were rescued time and time again. The most incredible is how the people responded to God in the events of the Exodus. Remember, immediately After the miraculous events of the ten plagues of the Exodus, as soon as God's people arrived at the Red Sea, they rebelled again. They were willing to return to the horribly oppressive way of slave life among the Egyptians instead of remaining true to their God who had just performed ten miraculous plagues that harmed the Egyptians but not his own people. Let us learn and be a people who are truly renewed by God, who repent from our ways and seek God 
to help us become his determined and resolute people who stand for the truth of God and his word. Amen? You know, as God is waking up the world first to the truth about his existence, power, and authority, I believe he is secondarily waking us up to the truth about ourselves. Okay, we've considered the truth about God and the truth about ourselves. Now, let's make sure we understand the truth about evil. We know we've been lied to worldwide, and we know Satan, who is the father of all lies, is behind it all. The same entity that has been warring against God since his existence in heaven. Satan, once Lucifer, a high-ranking angel in heaven, who decided to rebel against God with the intent to dethrone God. Satan garnered the support of about one-third of the heavenly hosts to follow him in rebellion against God. In response, God cast Lucifer and his followers out of heaven. God has revealed in his written word, the Bible, that at some point, Lucifer will gain enough human followers that there will be another major attempt to dethrone God by the spirit of the Antichrist. First important truth about Satan, he only has as much power as people give him. Reading the book of Revelation, where we learn what the last days of earth will actually be like, I had often asked God, how could Satan get so many people to side with him? Well, looking at events we've suffered since the announcement of COVID-19, I think we've gotten a pretty good idea of how. I mean, we've had something of a dress rehearsal this past year, right? He uses false promises and fear, and people follow him. In our day, Satan has enticed many men and women in positions of leadership and influence, and people in government, promising them fame, fortune, power, and control. Under Satan's deception, these people seek to form a one-world order, believing they would be in charge when in reality it is Satan's scheme to set the world up for his reign. The second important truth about Satan, he cares nothing for anyone but himself and will destroy anyone he can who interferes with his plans. While Satan will never succeed in his attempt to overthrow God, he will manage to gain many followers in his effort. A few at the top will be promised fame, fortune, and power. The rest of the people of the world will be controlled by fear, not at all unlike what we've experienced since March of 2020. And while what we've been experiencing is something of a dress rehearsal for the end times, God has made it clear the end is not now. The third important truth about Satan, he will never outwit or overcome God. The enemy has tried to accelerate God's timeline to gain his devastating control before the great end-time harvest of souls that's been prophesied. Bob Jones referred to this as the billion soul harvest. So it's been Satan's plan to try to circumvent that and prevent the billion souls from coming to Christ. Do you see how that works? Even though the enemy has caused a great deal of devastation this past year, we must understand God has been allowing events to unfold as they have, including the highly treasonous deeds of many people involved with the presidential election fraud. He's doing this so that people everywhere will be awakened to the truth. The truth about the secret cabal, the swamp, as President Trump called it, that has been working to overturn America and endorse every kind of evil and wickedness entirely contrary to the will of God. The truth is, corrupt men and women who have unwittingly been pawns of the enemy of God have been working Satan's plan to conquer and oppress us. However, God's timeline will prevail. God's plans include a great global wake-up 
where people will realize they've been deceived, and in response, they will clamor to discover and live in life-giving truth. This is the billion soul harvest where people come to Christ, run to Christ. The stage has been set in this past year for the great awakening of the billion soul harvest, which has already begun. Have you heard people refer to COVID-19 as a plandemic? Have you heard of the cabal or swamp and do you understand what they have been secretly plotting for hundreds of years? The cabal wants as much control over us as possible so they could usher in their one world order, a new world order. And that's not to say the virus isn't real. It's very real, but potentially manufactured and intentionally released to test the amount of power and control government can have over people. What do you think about that? This is not a new perspective. And in recent years, mainstream media have tried to dismiss and discount the awakening of the people about the secret, self-appointed elite cabal. Therefore, they've labeled such ideas as conspiracy theories and declaring the people who entertain such ideas as deplorable morons and worse. Mainstream media, in my opinion, is a puppet under the control of the cabal who are instructed about what they can and cannot say on air with the scheme of controlling what we the public are told. It's a form of propaganda to gain control of our opinions and our beliefs and to keep us compliant under their propaganda. One of the trustworthy places I like to get my news and research reports is from Hillsdale College. It's their publication known as Empress, where I get a lot of my information. The January 2021 edition of the periodical featured an adaptation of a speech made by Alam Bukhari, the senior technology correspondent at Breitbart News. In 2018, he obtained and published the Google Tape, a recording of Google's top executives reacting to the 2016 Trump election and declaring their intentions to make the American populist movement a blip in history. Bakari is the author of hashtag deleted big tech's battle to erase the Trump movement and steal the election. It's eye-opening content, and I'll have a link for you in the show notes. In the February 2021 edition of Empress, they featured Scott W. Atlas, the Robert Wesson Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution at Stanford University, with a very impressive history of accomplishments. His article is titled, Science, Politics, and COVID, Will Truth Prevail? And the article begins, quote, The COVID pandemic has been a tragedy, no doubt, but it has exposed profound issues in America that threaten the principles of freedom and order that we Americans often take for granted. First, I have been shocked by the unprecedented exertion of power by the government since last March, issuing unilateral decrees, ordering the closures of businesses, churches, and schools, restricting personal movement, mandating behavior, and suspending indefinitely basic freedoms. Second, I was and remain stunned, almost frightened, at the acquiescence of the American people to such destructive, arbitrary, and wholly unscientific rules, restrictions, and mandates, end quote. Later in the publication, we read, quote, All indications are that those in power have no intention of allowing Americans to live normally which for Americans means to live freely, again, with social media acting as the arbiter of allowable discussion and with continued censorship and cancellation of those with views challenging the accepted narrative, the United States is on the verge of losing its cherished freedoms. It is not at all clear 
whether our democratic republic will survive, but it is clear it will not survive unless more people begin to step up in defense of freedom of thought and speech. At this point, let me ask you, what was the second important truth about Satan? That he only has as much power as people give him. The entire article is superb, so I hope you use the link in my show notes to read the article for yourself. Listen, we are living in tremendous times. God has been and will be doing much more on behalf of his people. God is going to deal with evil in such a way that no one will be able to deny it's God. His purpose in all this is to give the last opportunity for some to repent and turn from their evil ways, and for others to be removed from their evil influence altogether. Whether that's removal from their positions of power and influence or their lives, it's God's determination. But let me add, if we are not actively and intentionally for God, by default, we are against Him, and we will be counted among those who openly reject Him. I want you to experience all that God has for you. This is the time to become fully aligned with God and His good and perfect plans for His people. Why not seek the Lord and connect with Him on a much deeper level, intimate level than you have before? Let Him know you want to step into your destiny and to fulfill His kingdom plan in partnership with Him to see His will done on earth as it is in heaven. Next week, I want to continue with the topic of truth. And this time, it will be an effort to help us in matters of discernment, discerning truth, and also spiritual discernment. I hope today's podcast has brought you some encouragement and direction. I welcome your comments, and I even ask you to connect with me. I don't want this to be a one-way connection. So, if you like what you've heard today, let's connect beyond this podcast. Consider becoming a subscriber to my bi-monthly e-newsletter, which will also make you a preferred member where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. With so much going on every day, let's also connect on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at PL Christian, and on LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. Also, be sure to take advantage of the free resources and bonus items listed on Charisma Podcast Network and also on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, There is a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. Again, if you've been blessed by my ministry, purchasing the goods and services I bring to you is how you can support me, which would be greatly appreciated. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach many more people, helps spread the gospel, and helps people learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Also, depending on the platform where you listen, why not subscribe to this podcast so you're sure not to miss a single edition. And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com, where you can learn about and take advantage of the special offers available to my listeners from my sponsors and partners. Faith to Live By is a business owned and operated by Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him. 